0: Hey there, and welcome to the Real Talk for Women in Business podcast, a podcast all about helping women entrepreneurs launch and scale their business. We share real truths, real insights, and really practical tips when it comes to juggling all things life and business. My name is Nick, and I'm an intuitive business and life coach and the driving force behind Nickel Start Coaching. I support business owners seeking to reconnect to the soul of their business and live a life filled with purpose and passion. Today, my coffee-loving co-host, Leah of Viridian Digital, will not be joining us. Instead, I've got a very special guest, Jessica Coates from Jessica Coates Business Solutions will be my lovely guest. But before we kick off and hear from Jessica, I'll just sort of give a bit of a background into who Jessica is. Jessica is a business service trainer and assessor covering qualifications as Diploma of Social Media and Marketing, Diploma of Leadership and Management, and Diploma of Business, to name a few. Jessica offers business and marketing, consulting, and ongoing mentoring options. Growing up in a small family business, Jessica developed a passion for learning and business very, very early in life. She conducts workshops, special events, and training both online and from JCBS HQ, which is located at Swansea, New South Wales. Jessica also recently opened an online store called Hey Bossy Co., stocking a carefully curated collection of products for the office and home. And today, she has also announced Hawkesbury Business Finalist in Business Services. So it's very exciting. I'm very pleased to welcome Jessica to the podcast. Welcome. We are just talking about some of the areas that you're going to cover off. We were looking at how to market business without stress, excessive time wasting and cost, and how to use social media to build a brand. So looking forward to seeing where we go with the podcast and what we cover off. Today, Jessica might she'll not only share her thoughts on being a successful business owner, but also a little bit around being clear on your goals the need to plan test evaluate and plan again and building your business around your life and the life you aspire to lead and i have to admit as a business coach i'm finding that a lot of business owners tend to not plan which can be to the detriment of a business so really excited to to talk more about this so welcome to the show
1: thank you for having me that's it's probably one of the things that i'm most passionate about is that taking that stress away because I find social media has added an extra layer of stress Mm. and that's it. As you said, that lack of planning. Sometimes, yeah, we stumble and fumble and and get there. It's usually the hard way around. I'm very passionate about having a plan, knowing what we're doing, what the purpose of it is for and, and taking away some of that stress because we've come into business because we want more, we want flexibility, whatever it may be. And then we find ourselves piled on with a whole lot of extra stress and worry and working many, many, many more hours than what we would do if we were in a normal nine to five role.
0: That's so true. I've got a literally a client I was talking to today where he was talking about, he said, I don't I don't want to plan everything's in my head. And if you if you start planning things, how will I have the flexibility? And I went. Mate, that's, that's the problem because you're not planning. You can't work out how to have the flexibility because you don't know what you're starting with. I'm with you. I'm really passionate about this side. I can't wait till we we dig a bit deeper into it. Before we kick off though and, and get into all of that juiciness, I'd love to learn more about you. What is the Jessica Coates story? And is it Jessica Coates Judson or Jessica Coates?
1: It's Jessica Coates Judson officially. That's my married name. Okay. But I held on to the Coates, which was my our family name okay so yeah that's it it's Jessica Coates Business Solutions because I started before we were married and then um, yeah I tacked on the Judson to the end for work purposes and even that the RTO side of things all my qualifications say Jessica Coates yeah basically (laughs) just took out a whole whole lot of through explaining and fiddling and paperwork is yeah they, they know I'm not claiming to be (laughs) Somebody, I'm not basically. Fair
0: enough. All right. God, I better just make sure I'm saying the right thing. Uh, Let's talk about the Jessica Coates Johnson story. Let's find out a little bit more about you. Why you decided to go into business? What you actually do in your business?
1: As you said in the intro, I grew up in small business. So my dad is a mechanic, still is, and my parents had their own business. And I was fascinated by it from an early age. I remember I used to beg. I'd draw up the lines in the old ledger. And help with the bookwork. I just wanted to be involved I was so into it the behind the scenes and yeah. and that grew into working in that business while I studied and then I got everything together all the qualifications I needed and I started as a trainer and assessor that is delivering accredited courses diploma of business I do the diploma of social media marketing and quite a few other different qualifications within the business services package which I love and I've been doing that for quite a while now And what happened was when I fell pregnant with my daughter, who is now three and a half, I found myself on the couch, unable to work, quite sick, and it was going to be that way for quite a while. I really just fell into freelancing and contracting, which a lot of that was on the teaching side of things and marking, but I'd always kind of done a little bit of consulting and it just worked out. That really worked for my family what was happening at the time. I could do it from my couch. And yeah, it, it happened kind of organically. I just kind of fell into that. And then I had my son, there's only 16 months between them. Being quite close, I just continued on that path. It's meant that I've been able to kind of adjust as we've gone because that's it. it it's just had to work around that family life. And we add in the extra layer of being a defence family as well. So having my own business, just it really makes sense. Plus, I've got that flexibility where I get to make it work around our family, which is what we need at the moment.
0: Do you move around as part of the defence community or is it something that you stay still? And does that mean if you do move around, you can work remotely or you don't need to be on site or do you actually need to be on site as well?
1: Absolutely. So I do have a base in Newcastle, in Lake Macquarie, but I do work remotely. I'm based in the Hawkesbury as well do a lot of traveling between. So the nature of defence is that's it. Yes, you do move around quite a lot. We're very fortunate and we haven't had to move too often and too far, but it is that being able to work remotely, the magic of technology, the fact that the qualifications that I teach are nationally recognised. So, you know, I have students all over Australia, I have international students and then I have clients that can be based anywhere. It's very important. That's very important that I can have that element because defence life is that you don't know the future so as much as I like to plan and I'm a planner (laughs) you you cannot plan plan six years ahead so having your own business that has that major level of flexibility that's really um, an important factor and and an important factor of why I've remained kind of how after the kids I've continued on working in this way because yeah it just it absolutely fits in with that defence lifestyle.
0: I've got so many questions on So The first first couple of things were, what made you decide that this was the area in the industry that you were going to teach? Another question is, how are you getting clients both national, like, you know, onshore and then also internationally? What is it that they seek from you? What is your business model and how did you decide that this was it and then also getting the clients? How does that
1: work? So in terms of the area, of teaching, I teach across all the business services. So I can teach HR, I can teach leadership and management, I teach marketing. But yeah, my real passion is in marketing. So I did communications and PR, was what I did at uni. And it's always been that media marketing. And back when I was on the couch, pregnant, when I wasn't working, <laughs> there was a lot of social media, there was a lot of Instagram and a lot of Facebook.
0: Yes. And yes. I yes, have- yes.
1: Yes. I had been doing that in my previous role. I'd been a marketing manager. So I had uh, looked after the internal marketing of the RTO that I worked for. And so I already had a taste for it. And I could see the potential of what it was amazing for me from thinking, you know, 10, 15 years before that, when we had things like, you know, a website was a big deal to be able to access our target audience from our mobile phones for a relatively low cost most of it being our time I was just intrigued I was enthralled and it really you know I just started to really deep dive into that side of things I'd always had that interest in marketing but it definitely I really niched into that social media side of things and definitely the organic side of it I forgot what I was going to say now I'm so sorry <laughs> <laughs> well oh, okay well I'll ask this question maybe it will remind you
0: so I'm, <laughs> I'm terrible when I get so excited about questions that I sometimes <laughs> I'm so sorry. Um, so that's really, really interesting about the marketing side because I've been working with clients that have been just f- focusing on, I need to do paid, I need to do paid. And admittedly, when I first started my business, I thought paid was the way to go. But actually, I'm more focused with my clients on organic and partnership marketing and looking at digital versus non-digital. So looking at both, but I'm, I'm finding I'm actually, at the moment, swaying clients away from the paid marketing until they really understand the organic and and maybe some other partnerships what are you working with your clients on
1: i absolutely agree on that i everybody wants to jump into paid mm. and there is this the mentality that you have to pay to play but if that paid advertising is not supported by a solid business model by organic And an organic presence, Mm -hmm. you find that that's when people go, I spent so much money on this paid advertising and it did nothing. Okay. And then when you start pulling it apart, there's no marketing plan, there's no marketing strategy. And then within that marketing strategy, that's where our social media strategy goes. So I try to get people to picture it as a big umbrella. And at the top of the umbrella, we have, you know, I, I write this on the board and I say, this is the organization. And then off all the little, All the little, I suppose you'd call them, little pieces that come down the side of your umbrella. I'll I'll write all the different areas of the business because people just seem to get this real focus and this real pull to one area, and it always seems to be marketing. And we expect marketing to do so much, Mm. but when I draw this umbrella, I'll write marketing, and then I will write customer service. I will write staff training, all the different sections, and really try to get people to visualize the organisation as a whole and how all these pieces need to talk to each other.
0: Yes, yes, absolutely. I'm feeling the same thing. I don't know if you've thought about this, but I've wondered why people are doing that marketing and what I've learned, and similar sort of thing, one of the things I'm finding when I'm, I'm coaching my business clients is they've started their business because they're passionate about something. So they love it and they want to have a service or a product that they've got out there because they just are so in love with that product or service. But they actually don't understand a business operating model. They don't understand strategy. They don't understand operations. And so therefore, they just think, oh, I've got something to sell. I just have to market it. But actually, they need to take a step back and really understand what is the vision, the intention. It doesn't have to be a 60-page business plan, but at least go through the principles of a business plan to understand you know, the why, the vision, the mission, the purpose You know, the customer experience, the service providers, like all these different things. That's that's great that you visually draw that up for them.
1: Well, that's it. And I think it doesn't need to be like a hundred pages long. There are really great templates available online. Mm. And it's just getting down on paper what the business is, what it does, who it's selling to, what our vision is, what's our vision for down the track, and then what's our mission in the present time? What are we trying to achieve? Because I'd have students that in classes and I'd have them for a long time, and our magic word was always purpose. And they'd get sick of me. <laughs> I, they'd really get sick of me, but they'd ask a question, and my reply nine times out of ten would be, So, what's the magic word? And, but it is, it's something that I feel like we need to drill in a little bit because we can apply it to everything. If we don't know what the purpose of it is, if I say to you, Okay, You're using this social media platform. What's the purpose of that? Oh, to market my business. Okay, that's not enough. So we need to know why we're on that platform because who hangs out there that is going to buy whatever it is we're selling? Yeah, yeah. How do we communicate? How do we level with them? And, you know, I just find that it can be frustrating Mm -hmm. because it's really, you know, it's kind of got a nag and nag. And you'll still have people at the end who go, yeah, but I just need more followers.
0: (laughs) They are social media in the last couple of years, especially with COVID. Like we've just, it's and I say it with my kids. You know, the followers, the followers, the followers. But unless you're actually getting your business from social media, or you understand how to use social media to support, you know, are you using it for awareness? Are you actually using it to increase revenue? Like, do you actually understand, as you say, the purpose behind why everything that you do within your business needs to have a purpose? and have a reason and how it relates back to the vision and purpose of what you're doing. That's where I'm seeing a disconnect. Is that what you're seeing too?
1: Absolutely. And that's it. That association of followers equals lots of sales. And I know like you know, personally, person with that's it. I have, I haven't looked at it recently. I know it's just over a 1,000 followers on my business account. Then I have a person, one which is about the same. And I, I call them, I'm in a maintenance phase. Because at the moment, I'm at a phase in my business where I'm good. So I'm not in that growth where I'm looking for lots of new clients. I've established myself enough that there's the referrals and then there's the RTO work that I don't need to be on there 24-7. And usually I'm on there because I just enjoy it at the moment. And it's just keeping that community going that I've built. So that all comes back to my purpose. So in my marketing plan, it'll say something along the lines of, maintain connection with current community, nurture current leads, um, and look after that community that I've built. New people come along, but it's not the same as that real hard approach of trying to get tons of followers, because you could have 100,000 people following and only three customers, where I could have 1,300 people following, but they are regular people that book into my workshops, have consultations, recommend me to their friends. And it's much better to have that very quality following of hot leads and warm leads and people that are interested They're your target market, it's so much more valuable than 100,000 people that aren't interested or you've, shall I say, paid for their following. Mm-hmm, um, so that's it, you know, to have that authentic community It doesn't have to be thousands of thousands of people for it to have a great impact on your business. And I think that's one of the biggest things that I try to really get across is we don't need a huge following. We also don't need to be a slave to a social media profile because we want to build that strategy where, as I said before, we've got our marketing plan. We've got within that, we have a section on our social media strategy then within that strategy, we pinpoint the particular platforms that we're going to use and how we're going to use them. So instead of spending six hours a day scrolling and posting and just throwing it out there and seeing if it sticks, we know that we're going to post consistently and it could be once a week, it could be three times a week, but we're going to be consistent we know who we're talking to, how we're talking to them, and we're getting our message through. And that's not all we're doing. So we're not just going, okay, well, that platform's taking care of everything. I'm just going to sit back here and see what happens. We've got the rest of our marketing plan to support us. So it could be things like attending networking events. It could be doing a podcast. It could be anything else. We've got all these different marketing avenues that all need to work together. And play together and I think that's the biggest that disconnect that we were talking about that's where it is is that social media doesn't stand alone it works in that umbrella effect it works in that whole energy with a marketing plan that falls into the rest of the organization's operation well,
0: and I really think like I truly believe and I, I do this with my clients that you, you you do have to be really clear on your purpose and understand what your goals are to to reach that particular purpose and then once you know your goals you can work out you know do I need to do a digital strategy do I need to do a non-digital strategy what what is the area that I can focus on but then it's not just putting all of your eggs into one basket either and just go all right I'm just going to throw this and hope for the best you then need to evaluate like you need to actually put it out there evaluate test it see if it's actually working the way you want it to work if it is great if it's not and it comes back to that plan test evaluate and plan again like it's that continual cycle we can't just think that we've got a marketing plan and voila everything works like you have to be on top of it all the time would that be accurate
1: absolutely so that's it I think that comes from more I suppose my formal education side of things when we set an assignment that if a student's completing a report a marketing plan a project, whatever it is, there is always at the end a section that is on review and monitoring and recommendations for the future. And they're not just put in there because we're teachers and we want the assignment to be annoying. They have a really, really important purpose. And it's to see if what we're doing, do we need to keep doing this for two years and waste two years of our time doing something that's not working? Or could we run this for three months, evaluate it, make some improvements, make some changes and bump our effects? Mm -hmm. And that seems to be a really, really important area that people just want to skim over, but be very quick to blame the activity. I see it a lot too from, I don't do social media management, but I have a lot of them and I teach them, I work with them and things like that. And that's it. They'll, They'll always have that. Key complaint of oh, the business owner doesn't want to continue with me because they don't think they're getting results. And that's it. You'll say, Well, how long's it been? Oh, you know, we it was just a two month trial contract. And so social media doesn't equal sales. And I think that's a really big point because a lot of people think, Okay, well, if we're on social media, it should be instant sales. Ideally, that's what we're always working towards. But sometimes it's that person getting that relationship with you. They're learning of who you are and what you do. There's that catchphrase that you th- hear thrown around all the time. We want them to like, know and like no no, trust. Know, like and trust, yep. <laughs> and that's it. It gets thrown around a lot, but it's not new. And it's something that's it's always been a part of marketing is that we have to build that brand awareness of who we are, what we're about. Then people have to see something in us that authenticity that you know that little connection where they go okay well this person I'm drawn to them for some reason and they they build that trust with you because they've built that relationship so that could be a long time following you on social media bumping into you at a networking event seeing something about you advertised in another medium before they become a customer so that's it you will have those people that automatically you know impulse buyers that go yep 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 click check out see you later <laughs> but social media has more of a responsibility to build relationships and be social than to be just that direct sales funnel. It can still be, but we need to have a few different thoughts about what we're using it for and what we're trying to achieve.
0: Have you seen like over the last two or three years and maybe through COVID, but also as you've established your business, have you seen that shift at first when we were all So I've been in my business now for five years and, you know, it was all about I've just got to get on social media. I just have to get on it. I didn't understand it. I just knew I had to be on it. Are you finding now that people are starting to understand more about how to use social media to support their business or are you still seeing the same, I don't want to say mistakes, but the same cycles of people just thinking that this is the only way to do it? Is that what you're seeing?
1: I think there's just not that that not stepping back and looking at it as a as a big picture project and breaking it away and saying, well, this is just one section that needs to contribute to our marketing. Yeah. Because we've seen the power of social media. And I think we've seen it a lot too because of COVID, especially that first year. So the the 2020 where everybody spent up and you know the postage system couldn't cope with what we were spending because we had our phones in our hands. We had nothing to do, we couldn't go nowhere. So a lot more people have come to social media. A lot more people have seen the power of it. We've had all our people that have decided to throw in their jobs and start businesses and side hustles. We've seen, you know, influencer culture is just on the rise and the rise and the rise. They're not going anywhere and I think that's it. So people have really got that, well, if it's not on social media, it didn't exist, it didn't happen. And I do think a social media presence is important, but we need to make sure where we show up, is where our ideal customer shows up. Yeah. So depending on, you know, we have all these great platforms, you know, our big platforms, you know, we have Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter is still about. And there there's certain businesses that will do great in different sections. And, you know, personally for me, I spend a lot of time over on LinkedIn and there's lots of capabilities there. So what you need to do is look at what you are actually selling and who you're selling it to and where they will show up. Are you going to make these great TikToks and go viral and and have a great following? But are you a personality and is it doing anything for your business? Because if it's not, it's a hobby over there. If it is, it's part of your marketing plan. So I think that's really important when I come back. Just about any workshop I do or anybody that I sit down with, I say at the beginning, okay, so what are your goals for this business? And that's our starting point. Yep, absolutely. And, and you, we look at those goals. And you know, if I look at my goals and say, I want to be a consultant, I want to be a trainer and a teacher. I don't really want to have staff and all those things to worry about. I don't want to grow into a big agency or anything like that. I have an idea of what I want my to look for look like. I can't then say, well, okay, well, I'm going to spend all this time, money and effort creating a persona on social media that means that it's what comes from it isn't going to match my goals. So if I don't need those big platforms and all that kind of output and effort, it's, it doesn't come back to my purpose. It doesn't align. And, you know, I'm at that point where what I'm putting out there, what comes in in terms of the work I do, it matches. And that's that's the ultimate goal and not trying to overdo it and not trying to do it because we think we have to. Yeah. Yeah, that's the big thing is thinking that we have to do this. We have to have this you know, big personality when sometimes that's it. An established, maybe professional, authentic presence can be just as valuable and less time-consuming than being a viral sensation um, and more valuable to the business as well. Oh,
0: it's so true. I'm so glad to hear you say things like that because... I try and explain this to clients and, and because there is there are strong personalities out there that are saying you have to be, you know, you need to, the algorithms in Instagram and Facebook are looking for new content. So it needs to be reels. It needs to be videos. And there are a lot of people that feel uncomfortable. And then when they do get on, it looks forced. So therefore, they're not being their authentic self. And they're not understanding that, as you said, to do Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, it's part of the strategy. It's the support, depending on what your goal and what your purpose is, that will be a supporting act. Maybe it doesn't need to be the primary marketing focus. I'm really glad to hear you you say that.
1: And even when they jump into things like Reels, everybody thinks that they have to, well, not everybody, but a lot of people will think that they have to follow the rules so that they have to do dances and and act in a way that it may not appeal to them. It may not be part of who they are. So personally, I will get on and make reels. But I talk just as I would talk if I was in a class with some students or if I was in a one-on-one with a client. And I feel like I try to make it come across just as it would be if you're sitting down having a chat with me. And I think that's what made it a lot easier. Because at first, even I fell into the trap. I got there and I did the walk-up and the pointing and, and all that and it just didn't it didn't show me and I looked at it and I cringed. I'm like, well, no. So they got archived and then anything <laughs> that I put out now, me, and that's it. And if I look at it and go, yeah, I probably do sound, you know, everybody does something. We look at ourselves speaking, oh, okay, I sound like that or I do that gesture or I say that word a lot, but it's authentic. And if people don't match with that, in how you're coming across with the videos, well, they're probably not an ideal client anyway, because if you're coming across through your marketing, your social media, just how you'll be when they're sitting with you as a client, that's what people want. Mm. That's ask for recommendations and they ask for word of mouth because they want that truth. They want that real clear idea of who they're getting, what they're like, and if they can trust them. So you know, if, if reels is part of the strategy or doing video is part of the strategy and people are walking at it, sometimes it's that Well, yeah, we should include it in our strategy, but let's make a strategy. What are the tactics in there that are going to make you comfortable, that are going to make it valuable to you, that you're going to sit down and record that video and be proud of it and want it out there because it showcases who you are as a business owner in whatever you do and what you've got to offer.
0: Another question I had around you as a business, I guess, is as as COVID, pandemic, all of that with the last two, three years, however long it is these days. How has your business changed? How is the the role of marketing, how you work with your clients? What are you seeing? What's been some of the maybe challenges and highlights of your business? Has it shifted a lot because of the things that have happened with COVID or has it pretty much stayed static? Like what sort of things have happened in your actual business?
1: To be honest, the demand has only increased Mm. there's definitely been more of a need so when I first started doing it I people would see me and go oh okay well she can help with our social media and they'd see it as a I suppose they'd see it and go oh yeah that could be good whereas now it's people going they're out there hunting for that they, they're looking for the information they want all the tips and they want help but yeah I think when I first started so that's it I started doing this what are we up to six years ago Mm-hmm. getting close to five and a <laughs> half ish, something time, like time that flies, yeah. it does it flies when you're having fun yeah and then, that's it back then people were still a little bit about so what do you do you play on facebook yeah and <laughs> yeah and, and it's just evolved and i think too back at that point a lot of people were doing you know social media management and you had to do a bit of everything you had to learn how to copyright then you were content writing then you were learning how to create graphics And now it's kind of gotten to that point where you can really niche into an area. So I focus a lot on, I do a lot with Instagram and I do a lot of strategy. I do a lot of training, but I don't go into that taking over and doing it. So the people I work with are keen to do it themselves. They want to do it in-house for now, or they're looking to, they want to have a good idea of how it goes, how it all works themselves before they outsource because that's kind of a big trend is okay well we'll just get somebody else to come in and do our social media but the the risk there is that it doesn't talk to the rest of the business so how Mm. we've spoken earlier about all the different operations talk and work together we have to be very careful that that outsourcing really works so I get a lot of people that want to have an understanding they might not want to be able to create a reel or um, they're not interested in how to write a caption but they want to have that overall idea so that the strategy reflects them and their business. So that's been a big thing. I suppose during COVID and I don't know if we call this post-COVID or yeah, we'll just... what we'd actually call it yet, yeah, but there's definitely, I think at the beginning there was, you know, 2020 we had a lot of that's it we had those sales increases everybody was shopping and then you know we saw I I would anecdotally a bit of a declining confidence and you know people reporting to me oh so, you know I don't have as many sales and you know it's just not there and so that has been a big thing is that I feel like you know businesses are struggling especially bricks and mortar and hospitality and all those that have been affected by different restrictions you know so social media I think it got seen as a bit of a lifeline, and you know, I'd I, I'd have people reaching out that um, needed help, and they would say, oh, "I need help with my social media." But then you would find out that kind of there was a lot more going on, and there was a, a little bit of trouble than what social media was going to be able to fix. So that's been a big thing too, and that's kind of been a sad thing to see is that you know those effects on small business because that's it. Small business has has suffered greatly through you know through what's been the last couple of years. But yes, there's been some some high points in terms of you know the things that business owners have available to them basically for free. You know, that's it. Free in the sense that you don't have to pay hand over money, but you give up a lot of time. And our time is still money. So there is that trade-off there where if you're spending eight hours of the day doing it, well it's not really free. (laughs) But it's accessible, it's there. We don't have jump through, jump through rings to get to it sort of thing. So I think it's opened up a lot of possibilities. And we've seen that through COVID is these apps are all fighting. They all want eyes on their app for as long as possible. So they're throwing things at us that are giving us those features where we can get more eyes on our content and, and on our offerings. So yeah, I suppose there's been lots of up and downs through COVID and through the last couple of years. So the possibilities are there. But definitely, that's it. I think it's been very draining on business owners, and social media has played a part because yeah. they've felt that pressure to to show up when things aren't going particularly well. And yeah, so it it has been. It's been a bit of a um roller coaster, shall we say?
0: That's so interesting. We were at home, and because, because- we were in lockdown, there were more people consuming social media, and then there were more people. Being either made redundant and starting their own business and thinking they need to get onto onto social media, so then you had this concentration of new people producing content. So this co- consumption and this content production increased, and then some people just went, "Fuck it!" Excuse my language, but I don't want to be on social media now. It's all too much. And I'm just going to get swallowed by the by the the social media gremlins. What are your thoughts around that?
1: I think that still just comes back to planning. Yeah. I th- we're overwhelmed by social media or a particular app, I think that's when it's time to pull back and have a look at your marketing plan. And I say marketing plan rather than just social media plan and strategy. Yes, yes. Because yeah, that's it. It's marketing is so much. It's our website, it's our business card. It's our if we have a sign somewhere, it's PR, it's getting mentions in media. There is so much to marketing. That's it. People say, oh, you work in marketing. You you know, you must know about websites or this. No, (laughs) not at all. There's so many specialised areas that it comes back to being across what your business needs to take from each area of marketing and, and having it in a plan. So rather than getting swallowed up by one app, we want to have that plan in place that addresses our goals, what we're trying to achieve. Then having a strategy and saying, okay, well, we know that we have people that use Facebook a lot. So we're going to concentrate on our Facebook group and our Facebook page. We know that we get a lot of support from the community. So we're going to keep going with that sponsorship program for the local footy team. And we want to paint a picture. So, you know, even if it's a mind map in the back of a notebook and, you know, put in the middle, my marketing plan and put all the little different things that you do in your business and then link up and work out how they talk to each other, how they relate to each other and then how they relate to the goals and what your business is all about. So who are you trying to help? How are you trying to help them? What is the benefit? And I think that is my biggest tip is if if social media is becoming like that gremlin or the beast that you just cannot keep feeding, you need to pull back, go back to basics and, and have a look at what your marketing is. What are you doing to market the business? If it's just social media and nothing else, then I would really consider having a look at what other avenues you could be using to really get your name out there that's
0: awesome that's seriously awesome and I think when people listen to this there'll be just this sigh of relief of of, oh thank god it's not just about social media that there are more elements to it I think that there'll be a lot of relief to be honest the weight's been taken off their shoulders
1: yeah and I think that social media can be so good and it can be it can have great power and great reach and do amazing things but I think if we get that big picture going and really focus on marketing as a whole the business as a whole and and all the different elements to the business it actually makes social media easier because the number one thing that people complain to me about is content not knowing what to post and and what to say and how to write captions but I find when we go back to the beginning and we start I ask well what's your vision what's what's the mission of this business what do you want from it what do you sell who do you talk to we answer all those questions so Mm -hmm. when we get way down track and start talking about content, there's not even a question there. We write down about five things from what they've told me already. And I say, okay, yep, there are your content pillars. That's what we're going to base our content around. So, and it's like, oh, a magic moment!" Right? because this has been the stress point over here with the content and what we need to put out has been this big stress point. But when we come back, we already know the answers. The answers are what problem we're solving, what mission we have with our business, what we're trying to achieve, what benefit we have for people and and communicating that in our authentic way. So I do find that's the biggest thing is if it's becoming a stress point, pull it back because more often than not, it's because you're working from the bottom and you're going, instead of working from the top down, you're going straight to the end game rather than looking at all the different elements that we need to put together to be able to go, yep, yeah, there's a content plan because we know what the business is all about, what it stands for and what we need people to know about it in order to become our customer and our, our brand fan, which is what we're always aiming for on socials. Yes, 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 yes. 100,000% yes. That's gone quickly.
0: There's so much to uh, to talk about in there. I'd love to have you back on and even explore this even more in detail um, Because I think that there's there's so much misconceptions around social media that you've touched on today and not enough focus on purpose and mission (laughs) and marketing plans and a business in its entirety. Because people don't understand the elements that make up a business and then they go down this path, like you say, down the rabbit hole of, well, it's got to be just social media and working from the bottom up. It's been fantastic hearing from you today but I've got a couple of questions to to finish off what do you love about being a business owner like what is it that drives you with your business ownership
1: there's quite a few points but it's definitely the fact that you I get to have that impact and it's you know it can be small little tips but I get these messages coming through hey Jess this worked or hey I've got my first international customer it's definitely that impact where sharing my knowledge can have such an impact for someone who's having a go and running a small business that'd probably be number one. Oh, i love that
0: i'd love the one thing i love when my clients have that oh oh, the pennies just dropped. like it might be three or four mm. weeks of coaching then all of a sudden it's like oh shit okay yeah i get it now and it's just god it just makes you feel so yeah. good so good when you see your clients feel good about themselves and what they're doing oh yeah
1: love it mm. What is, what is your superpower? So what is the Jessica superpower? I still think it's my being re- realistic and logical yeah. because that's it. I like to make big things happen, but I'm realistic and logical about it. And I think that comes from all the years in small business, seeing the ins, the outs, the ups, the downs, that I can, I can help. We can make great things happen but we do it in a way that's realistic. That's awesome. All
0: right. Well, that's that's it for our show today, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed today's show, don't forget to leave a review on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you're listening from. It will help other people just like you find us to be notified when our next episode is released. Be sure to hit the subscribe button. And finally, if you've got any burning questions or topics or you want to get Jessica back to learn more about social media, definitely send us an email to realtalk.wib at gmail.com. Jessica, thank you so much. I appreciate you taking time out at 7 o'clock at night or 8 o'clock now to share your knowledge and wisdom. I've loved, um, I really loved listening to you today. So thank you.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: All right. Thank
1: you, everyone. We'll chat to you soon. Bye-bye.